Hello, welcome back to the Anna Chats podcast. So first of all, thank you so much for all the love and the appreciation on my last podcast. Um, I feel super grateful for so many of you absolutely loving it that it made me so excited to do this one. Um, So you also might think that I sound a lot clearer because thanks to Ben, he bought me a fancy podcast mic. So I probably feel like a professional now. (laughs) So I'm just going to talk you through on this episode, my story of endometriosis and PCOs, because it's actually something that's so common in females. I think it's one in every three females get diagnosed with it. And it's actually crazy because recently since obviously I had my operation back in April for my, uh, for my endo. Um, two of my friends have actually recently been diagnosed with endometriosis. Well, no, they're going through the diagnosis and they've been told that they're 99% sure they've got it. So it's just actually crazy because these are two of my best friends as well. So it's actually such a small world in terms of like how many women actually have this. And so many of you reach out to me. So I wanted to talk you through it really, because I think a lot of women, um, get diagnosed with polycystic ovaries as well. Um, I think that obviously it's quite a a grey cloud over polycystic ovaries because actually there's not really any cure for it. And I think quite a lot of women wonder if they have got endometriosis, but the problem is that you can't actually get a diagnosis until you have an operation. So they do have to be quite serious about has has this lady actually got it? And the diagnosis is actually really difficult to get. I was actually super lucky, although obviously not lucky to have it. I was actually really lucky that I got my diagnosis really quickly. And well, compared to most people, I think the average diagnosis is 10 years. So yeah, I got mine really quick, luckily. Um, So I'm just going to talk you through really like the start of the journey, finding out sort of when I had it um, from the beginning, really. So mine actually backdates like two years. So that's not too bad, to be fair, from the start of symptoms to actually have an operation. Because most women, as I said, it's it's sort of like between six to 10 years. So for me, um, mine started, I guess, like the symptoms of when I had a breakup in March 2019. So at this point, like I was in pretty good shape, to be honest. Uh, I was still quite small. I think I was about 55 kilos um, because I didn't have like huge amounts of muscle mass at that point. For reference, I'm about 59 at the moment. Um, And yeah, I I lost quite a lot of weight. Um, but not to an unhealthy level at all. Like if I look back at photos, I was still in really good shape. I was training quite a lot at this point. And I wondered if I lost my period due to the amount of exercise I was doing um, because I was training at CrossFit and I was weight training as well. So I actually lost my period as I was going through my breakup. Potentially, I thought maybe it could have been to do with stress, could have been to do with the fact that I was exercising a lot. So some some sort of people sort of reference it to me that it could have been from that so I decided to come out of my diet at that point so that's March 2019 and as I said I'd lost my period um then it, it sort of not come for a couple of months got told to do those pregnancy tests nothing nothing and the doctors um they said just just wait like just leave it as well I was on no contraception at this point um I have never got on with contraception like just really really badly I'm actually quite a hormonal person. So I, whenever I take any type of contraception, I just find that my moods are really shit. Like I've tried the injection, I've tried the pill. Um, like I've tried everything and I just can't get on. I couldn't ever get on with anything. So really at this point, like to be honest, 
through relationships and stuff, I've just been super careful. Um, and I've, I've just not taken it, not taken anything as such. So at this point, obviously I had lost my period and like, this is probably through like the summer of 2019. Um, I started getting like on my shoulders, like aggressive spots. Like they were just really, really horrible. And it was super painful. It was just, yeah, it was hell. I remember, I remember actually going to Ibiza in like July 2019 and being so embarrassed because all over my back, like I just had like these just huge aggressive spots. It was just, it was just so horrible. Like it just made me feel so uncomfortable and it was just really random. I kept going back to the doctors and they were like, oh, it's it's probably because you haven't got your period. And I was like, well, at this point, like, (laughs) I mean, after the breakup, I went through a bit of like, you know, some people sort of go one way or the other I just I was just started enjoying myself you know like I just started living I was going out the weekends I was drinking gin um and I did gain some weight um by the summer I feel like I'd probably gained about five kilos so from March to about July yeah I was I was about five kilos up I was still a really like heavy weight um but I just yeah, I'd, I'd gained weight, essentially. So yeah, at this point, I was going to the doctors. And like I said, my back was it was really bad. And like, I started getting these horrible, like, really bad bloating symptoms like IBS, and my digestion just became really poor. Now, again, for reference, I've never had a problem with my digestion before, like before that, sorry for the graphics, but I would go to go for a poo like, three times a day you know like I never had problems with my digestion like ever it was just wasn't a thing I never really had um like I've had spots on my face and stuff but I've never had spots all over my body um and I've never had lost my period before so all of this is super new for me and my best it just kept getting worse and worse I just could not figure out what it was like obviously I went to the doctors they were like oh you've got OBS you've got you just get stomach aches but everything I was eating just gave me like this huge stomach like this huge stomach and you know what like you go to the doctors and they're just like you've got IBS and you're like sound cool and that's it you know like they don't help you so I didn't really know what to do so obviously I just I just lived with it I just dealt with it I I tried to find foods that wouldn't cause it but it, it just didn't really work so I just lived with it so at this point like if we head over to maybe sort of like October November 2019 not gonna lie uh I'd gained a bit more weight by this point um, from March 2019 up until like January um, 2020, I actually gained about 10 kilos or more. Um, it was about 10 kilos, so it must have been about 58 kilos um, because I got up to 68. So I enjoyed myself. That's all I'll say. Um, but when it got to like the October 19, I still hadn't had my period. And when I went in March, they told me that I'd need to wait six months before they'd investigate. So obviously, as it hit six months, I was like, right, OK, I'm going back to the doctors. Um, basically, straight away, like with one scan, um, they put me in for a scan for polycystic ovaries. And he was like, yeah, you've got like tiny cysts on there. So you've got polycystic ovaries. So that's what's causing all of the spots, the bloating, all this stuff. And I was like, great, what can I do about that? And they were like, nothing. I was like, oh, okay, great. That like, that was really disheartening. And I was like, oh, I've got polycystic ovaries. What does this mean? And obviously straight away, like every female does, sorry, but it's the truth. Um, <laughs> I looked at line, I was like, oh, weight gain. That's why I've gained weight. Like not to, despite the fact that I was going out every weekend, I was drinking gin, I was eating out, I wasn't tracking my food. So, I mean, that was the real reason I gained 
body fat, <laughs> not the polycystic ovaries. Um, so obviously I was floating around with that one. And yeah, like I still didn't have my period. Um, it, it was really frustrating. And at this point, obviously I had no period. I had really bad spots on my back. I'd gained 10 kilos. As I said, I don't, I really don't think it's on the PCOs. I think it's just my bad eating habits. Um, and my digestion was really poor. So at this point, like I actually felt really shit. And this is actually even the point, like sometimes I, I do post on my Instagram, this photo um, of me sort of back at that point. And yeah, I felt really uncomfortable, actually. Uh, I felt I did actually, in all honesty, um, if you want to see that photo, if you go back to 1st of October on my Instagram, um, that was like the first photo. And I wasn't really out of shape at all. I just, I felt really uncomfortable. Um, everything was tight and I was sort of like pushing up to like 69 kilos. So at this point, randomly in 2020, so Jan 2020, I started a diet. Um, I started coaching with Harry Branson and obviously we thought that I had PCO. So he, we, we took an observation that we might have to take the carbs a little bit lower to subsequent for this. So essentially when you have polycystic ovaries, some people have what's called insulin resistance, not everybody, but again, I'm just an honest person. A lot of women put their weight gain blame on polycystic ovaries and say that that's the reason why when actually if you if you're honest with yourself and you look at your lifestyle is it that or is it the food you know like obviously it does affect some women but it's actually quite a minority that get uh insulin resistance eg the resistance to breaking down carbohydrates so at this point obviously we took it in into mind but i didn't have i didn't have any issues i still lost um i lost the weight um and yeah by sort of like the march time i was a good couple of kilos down and I had done some research and actually weight loss is actually really beneficial for polycystic ovaries. So um, I actually had someone approach me actually the other day about coaching and she mentioned that she was told around her polycystic ovaries as well, that it would be really beneficial to lose body fat. So if you are overweight and you do have polycystic ovaries, the fat loss is actually going to be something that probably is going to be really effective for you. So yeah, it, it, things got a little bit better um, at that point in terms of regaining the period. So by dieting from February to March, I obviously can't confirm if it was the true correlation, but my period came back um, randomly. So it just literally came out of the blue. It returned and obviously we were all hunky-dory and I was really happy about that. The spots on my back started to slow down as I uh, got my period back. I lost weight. So from January to May, uh, I managed to lose, what was it, about five kilos. Um, it was, I was really happy with that. I felt great. And obviously my period had returned, had a natural cycle. Um, but then like through that point, my digestion was obviously still really shit. So where I was going to the doctors, they were actually telling me to go on the FODMAP diet. And that is where you have to cut out like gluten, soy, dairy, like literally everything, inflammatory vegetables. So it actually, that actually came into place sorry, as I was dieting for, from the January to the, the May. And it was so hard, you know, like I, it cost me so much money. It did. I feel like it did help because obviously I naturally was cutting out some inflammatory foods, but it also then gave me this massive fear when we came out of lockdown that I couldn't eat anything because I was scared to go out for dinner because I'm so fed up being in pain from just constantly eating and then having like, I'd be sitting at dinner, like um, 
with my ex, like, and just eating, like, just getting a massive stomach ache. And it just controlled my life for so long, like, literally from the time that I got it until um, sort of, like, my operation. Like, I was just constantly scared to go out for dinner because I just I couldn't bear being in so much pain. It's, you know, like, for a female, when you get, like, really bad, like, painful bloating, it's, like, huge. My stomach literally felt like it was ripping. It was just all the time. And I was like excuse my language, but I was like, fuck this. I was like, I just can't be bothered with this anymore. So I was on the FODMAP diet. Um, there was no confirmation if it was the right thing or not, but it did help a bit um, and it broke the bank account. And then also in this time, so we're still referencing in the time of Jan 20 to May 20. And obviously my symptoms started in March 19. So about a year later, um, I actually got what's called acne rosacea. So on my cheeks, um, a lot of people would probably remember notice that on my Instagram stories, I always had like these little like red spots and they were like little blood spots. And basically in the middle of my cheeks, rather than the spots being on my back, they came on my cheeks and they were just horrible. They were like, oh, it's so gross. They were like, obviously... I'm not going to go see so there were just like little spots and obviously then where I like picked them then they bleed and then I just get those little blood spots and it was just like oh for god's sake like oh I was overweight I had bloating and then I lost the weight and then I lost the spots but then I got spots on my face and I had scars on my back from the spots and I still have the scars now and I was just like for god's sake like what what are all these things that are happening to me like I was just at this point I was just like I'm so fed up of all these things going wrong. So I managed to finally get to the doctors and they gave me some stuff for the acne rosacea. And through the summer of 2020, like it faded off. It was so much better, but it was still there. And it was, it was really annoying. So I went through the summer of 2020, just dealing with where I was. The bloating was a little bit better, but I was living in Ibiza at the time and it was still present and it was annoying, but it's something that I just live with now. Um, the acne rosacea was still there. The period was back and a normal cycle, e.g. monthly. However, my periods were just getting heavier and heavier. And I never in my life have had heavy periods. Like my whole life, I've had periods that are like nothing, like two or three days I really like. And through 2020, my periods were just getting absolutely savage. Um, and then I started to get new symptoms. So this is too fat to there through 2020. I had the acne rosacea. I had the bloating. I was on this poxy FODMAP diet in Spain, trying to follow it. But it was really hard. Um, I then started to get really heavy periods. And then on top of that, I started to get a water infection like every two weeks. And I was like, you actually pissing me like, stop like what what is going on I just could not stop getting water infections like anytime I had any sip of alcohol anytime I was slightly dehydrated and obviously I was living in Spain so it was hugely inconvenient and then through the end of 2020 shit just got worse um it's obviously super personal and I've been debating whether to share it or not but I want to help people I started to get what's called dysperia and I will explain dysperia is really painful sex and it's really hard to talk about um oh god it's so horrible yeah it, it was really hard you know because god it's so hard to share I was in a relation I was in a relationship and it was really hard because I was at the point of like 
do I say something or do I just put up with this? And I didn't really understand what was going on. Like I literally had no clue and it was just getting worse and worse through the years. So at this point I had acne rosacea, IBS, water infections all the time and painful sex and worse periods. And I was just like, I feel like a piece of shit. Like I just felt so shit because my body was literally just coming out at me. Um, And obviously this was hard in a relationship because it's horrible. Like, you know, like it's obviously something as a couple that's really intimate and private, but it was just, yeah, it was really hard. And I was just really lucky because my ex was just so understanding, you know, like really, really lucky to have a guy like that at the time. So at this point, I actually um, spoke to Sophie May, the female health specialist. She's a friend of mine. And um, she... I was just talking to her about my symptoms. We started working in uh, the inner circle together and this is what she specializes in, you know? And I was just saying to her, I was like, Sophie, I'm, I'm struggling with all of these things. And they told me how polycystic ovaries and I was like, I just, I don't know what's going on. Like my periods at this point were getting so, so bad. I had, at this point, I probably had about five or six days PMS, which is the premenstrual, I think it's symptoms, um, before your period. And I literally, like my hormones all over the place, my attitude stunk. Um, I felt hungry, I felt exhausted, the pain, it was just mad. And then I would have like a five day period where no joke, I was changing my tampon like every hour. I would, oh God, this is so much detail. I would, I would, I would leak constantly like in my clothes. And I was just like, at this point, I was literally at my wit's end. I was like, somebody give me a freaking break. Like this was so hard. Sophie actually recommended that I pushed on further. She was like, you need to go back to the doctors. You need to push for more scans. You need to tell them that something else is wrong and you need to tell them about the the dysperia. Um, So I did. So I, I kept pushing at this point and we're probably looking more like at the end of 2020 now, Um, and the start of 2021 so the start of 2021 uh, yeah the end of 2020 um, I actually got booked in for a colonoscopy so they actually thought it could be related to my gut because my my digestion was so poor like it was just so painful and like basically every time I couldn't go to the toilet I just get so bloated and it was horrible So at the moment, we're sort of the end of 2020. Sophie's helped me a lot at this point in just giving me guidance on what I need to say to the doctors, which is so helpful. And essentially, I just kept pushing past PCOs and saying, like, I actually went into the doctors and said, my test, like asked for testosterone level because test like high testosterone um, is a symptom of polycystic ovaries. I had no increased level of testosterone in my body. Um, so I said to them at this point, I was like, my research has shown me that I don't have polycystic ovaries, something else is wrong. And Sophie was really supportive at this point. She was like, just keep pushing, keep pushing. So I had some scans, I had an external scan, like my lower abdomen. They said there was nothing on my ovaries. I had an internal scan, nothing on my ovaries. I had a colonoscopy, which was the worst experience of my life. It was fucking horrible. Um, I had to drink like five liters of this vile drink which made me throw up and then I'm not even going to go into detail, but you can only imagine what happens after because basically you have to be all clear. (laughs) So I did the colonoscopy. The actual procedure was sound, like it was actually fine. It was funny, Um, but it was just the prep. So if you are having one, I'm sorry, (laughs) prepare yourself. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, at this point, I think we pretty much arrived in, we were in 2021. At this point, the dispirit is so bad that I am actually just petrified to have sex. It's not something that I want to do anymore. Uh, it's something that I would actually plan in, in my week. Like if I like essentially after, after I would have such bad inflammation in my lower abdomen and my lower stomach, it would just be agony. Like it would just be so swollen. And at this point, like I was waking up nearly every other day with like a lower abdomen swelling, you know, when you're on your period and like that, just that bottom bit was like, just hanging. Like it was just rock solid, super bloated. And I was just getting that constantly. Like it was just so painful. So now we're in 2021. I still have, the most vile periods my period my pms was about nine days at this point so i was having nine day pms and then a five day severely heavy period so it's pretty much controlling my life my mood's all over the place um the water infections weren't as bad probably because the sex wasn't happening as often because i was too scared and but the dysphoria is still there if I did do it, you know, so at this point, like I probably had so much wrong with my body. I was just so fed up, but I was just coping. Like I was just literally getting on with it. I was still training. I was still doing my steps. Uh, I was doing another diet. Like I just, I was like, do you know what? Like I've just got to live with this. I've just got to do what I can. So through the beginning of 2021, um, I managed to get a private appointment. Um, luckily I have private healthcare managed to get a private appointment with a guy in Maidstone near where I live. And he was incredible. You know, like the first appointment I had with him straight away, he was like, this is crazy. He was like, you, you've got endometriosis. He was like, I can just, he's like, I just know. And I was like, okay, great. So we're probably about March at this point, March, 2021. Um, and in, within three weeks, I had my operation date. So I was being put in for what's called a laparoscopy. Um, in the hospital, in a private hospital, luckily, as I said, I, I had private healthcare, so it was a lot quicker. On the NHS, um, unfortunately, the wait list was like nine months. So at this point, I was super blessed um, that my dad has that for me. Um, but I would always, like anyone who's going through it right now, I would just recommend to get a, if you, if you can just get a private appointment with a guy, private appointment with a gynecologist to speak to them sooner to talk about your symptoms, to see if you can just get onto the waiting list for the NHS sooner. And that's what some of my clients have done because I've helped them get a diagnosis now because I work really closely with my one-to-one -one clients and I understand their cycle, their digestion. Um, and obviously they share personal things with me because I'm here to help them with everything. And yeah, two of my girls uh, at the moment are actually just waiting for a laparoscopy because obviously I've managed to help them get diagnosis. So it feels good now that I've got the knowledge to do that. And um, obviously I've, I've sort of spoken with two of my friends that are now sort of going through the same thing as well. So it feels really good to be able to share the knowledge, not that it feels good to have endo. <laughs> so at this point I had an operation in April this year. So April, 2021. Um, the operation for me personally has been a godsend. I woke up um the operation yeah how did the operation go so oh my god it was hell <laughs> so i went into the hospital all good super friendly amazing hospital in maystone i think it was called kim's hospital and um i had the operation and before it he was like what contraception are you gonna go on and i was like none because it's hell and he was like you if you have the 
if you have endometriosis, which we'll find out when we do the operation, because it's the only way to see it, is um, he said, I really would suggest you have the marina coil. And he basically said, like, if you were my daughter, I'd say you're crazy to not have it, because apparently the hormones in it will actually reduce endometriosis as it's in there. Um, and obviously it gives you protection. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to try it. He was like, the side effects are that you could bleed continuously, but he's like, you could be less in pain. And I was like, oh, I've got just got to give it a go. So had the operation, woke up. Um, they told me that my endometriosis is all around my pelvis and it's, I am extremely diseased with endometriosis. Um, at this point, he said that he could only get half out. So he took it out of the left and left it all in the right. Why? No freaking idea. Not spoke to him since. They literally just left me a letter on the table and left. Uh, my experience in the hospital was absolutely freaking horrible. As if the journey hadn't been horrible enough. Um, I, <laughs> I am hypersensitive. And the stuff that they use to obviously put you asleep, they then have to make sure that you can go for a wee after. <laughs> and you can't leave the hospital until you've been to the toilet. At this point, through the day, I could not go to the toilet. And I drank four and a half litres of water and another, nothing, no pee. And it was 10.45 at night. I felt so sick. I actually posted the photo on Instagram ages ago. It's in my highlights. I look like I've been out on like a seven-day bender. I was pure white. Nathan was waiting to come pick me up because I, I wanted to go home. And the woman was like, if you don't go for a wee in the next 15 minutes, you've got to stay in the hospital. And that was my worst nightmare because I just had this massive operation. I had no idea how severe it would be. I didn't know what it would look like, how I would feel after. I was like, yeah, I'll be sound. I'll be back to work the next day. And I just felt like shit. Like I'd been at the hospital all day. The anesthetic was worn off. Like I just felt so rough. I was crying my eyes out. I was begging the woman to let me go home and she wouldn't. And she put this anti-sickness tablet on my tongue. And I felt so sick that I vomited all over the floor. And then when I was vomiting, I was like, oh my God, I nearly weaved myself. And I just run to the toilet. Well, I didn't run because I was in pain. I walked to the toilet and I finally managed to go for a wee. And I walked out the toilet with this, this tray of wee. <laughs> I put it on the floor and I was like yes I was like just let me go home and literally at like half 11 at night I was exhausted I barely eating a thing I felt so sick I was cramped over like hell because I couldn't stand up properly because I've had like, obviously they go in keyhole surgeries like one of the scars is like just below my nickel and like in the middle of mother JJ uh, one of them's to the side and then one was from my belly button and they even picked me up and I just went home and I was like, oh my God, just, I wanted to, at this point, like, I'll be honest, like, I just, I'd never felt so low, I don't think, like, just, it was so, so horrible. Um, and then, yeah, the next day, obviously, I thought that I'd be fine. I had my check-ins. I literally looked high as a kite on about three and then realised I could not work. Um, I really actually struggled to move. It was because it was in my stomach. I just, I didn't realize the restrictions that I'd had. I was like, yeah, yeah, a couple of days and I'll be, I'll be all good. Absolutely not. Like, I felt like shit. Um, I felt spaced out for about six days. Um, my best friend come around the next day, Jess, and luckily she just looked after me, but I could barely get off Sophie, you know, like standing up hurt. I felt like I'd been absolutely beaten to death in my stomach, but I felt like someone had just pummeled me. I couldn't reach up to get stuff, but luckily at this point, like, I was with my ex and I have my friends and they just looked after me. So after this point, obviously, 
um, had my new coil in, I had where they put where you have the operation, they pump air into your stomach, and that didn't go away for like oh my god, about three weeks. I just looked bloated and high for a couple of, for a couple of weeks. Um, but I got back, back to exercising about two and a half weeks later because I could not physically wait anymore. I did go and try and do a session. And I f- almost felt like it like ripped the inside of my stomach. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, I better not. Uh, two and a half weeks later, I managed to, or two weeks, got back to the gym. Um, I think within a month, I was I was good to go, you know, like I had no pains um, and I could train properly uh, and everything like that. So I was all good to go. Uh, obviously, I was dieting at this point as well, which is absolutely inconvenient, but still managed to crack on. Got back to my tracking two days later because I'm an absolute G. <laughs> Um, and yeah, always all good. You know, after a month, things sort of settled down. I was bleeding for about three, three months, April, May, June. Yeah. Cause me and Nathan went to Ibiza in June and, um, it sort of just sort of slowed down, stopped when I was there. And then I sort of had spotting like all through the summer. I don't think the spotting like really stopped until my God, where are we now? What the hell? what month is it October I've literally lost track of life um until about August when I was in Ibiza and then it sort of slowly slowed down so obviously this was highly inconvenient in my life like obviously having the the marina coil meant that I didn't really have it totally wiped away the heavy period so I've not had I've not had a heavy period since I've not had PMS not had a heavy period I've had I think it's about three or four periods since that point. So they're a bit abnormal. Like at the moment, if I look on Clue, I think I'm like day, I'm day 59 in my cycle. So it doesn't always really come. But like, if I look back in my diary now, um, I was, yeah, I was spotting all the way through April, May, June, and then it sort of slowed down in July. And then I had, I started just having a, oh my god no actually if I look in my diary in August uh I then had a period from the 29th of August to the 15th of September you know so things are just really inconsistent um and but like the benefit of having the call I think and obviously the operation is I haven't had any heavy periods this has just been like spotting like and continuous little bits so that's been a lot better my digestion has been so much better I do supplement things quite well now and I'm still careful what I eat I don't eat things like garlic and onion and sort of like any spices and stuff like that but my digestion is so much better so much better um the dysperia um that went to um I didn't actually super personal again didn't have sex for about two months after because I was actually petrified because one, I didn't want it to cause pain, and two, I'd have an operation like in there. So I was like, oh. Um, so after that, all good. Like the dysphoria had gone, which was awesome. That was a massive change in my life, obviously. Um, my skin had cleared up. I don't, I don't really get the aggressive um any sort of spots anywhere. Um, only sometimes like around my jawline when my period is supposed to be. Uh, and yeah, so like since I've had the operation life has been so much better so it was a really big game changer for me um i still like now i do get symptoms like i do get swollen on abdomen and um yeah that is there sometimes i do still get bloated i do get ibs still but compared to how i was before like game changing i did still get water infections etc through the summer when i was in ibf and i think for me it's just a heat thing unsure but yeah essentially 
that pretty much is my story. Like since I've had the operation, things have been better. Um, I can see some of the symptoms starting to come back more than when I'd had the operation, but I don't think I'm in a bad position at all. And I hope that, I mean, if I need another operation, I'm hoping that I can long it out as long as possible, you know? So yeah, that, that pretty much is my story, actually. Um, that is it going to come to, that is it coming to a conclusion. Um, so yeah, obviously if you've ever got any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I obviously I'm not a doctor and I have just told you everything from my experience. Um, obviously my good friend, Sophie may helped me a lot. I've, I've educated myself a lot now on the journey and I can really spot out the symptoms in a lot of people now. And it's almost like, I'm always sort of glad that I have gone through it because I understand and actually when I can coach women who do have endometriosis or symptoms or have polycystic ovaries I can un I understand how they feel and it's given me such a better relationship with so many of my clients that do have it because I think if you don't have it you're like oh yeah she's just like moaning again and stuff like that and I hated it because all of these symptoms I had I just felt like I was whinging all the time and I would just I'm the type of person I just deal with shit you know like just I just get on with it but it literally took over my life for two years. It was so hard. And all I want to say is if you haven't got it and you know someone that has, please give them your fucking sympathy because it is so difficult. And you know what? I don't even have it that bad compared to some girls. I know girls that have operations yearly, twice yearly. Like they are just in such a bad way. They go to hospital with their pain. So please sympathize with girls that have it because it's really, really horrible. And it's life-changing for so many women. I know girls uh, that, yeah, it's changed their life, you know, and, and not for the better. So please sympathize with people. I am actually really lucky at this time in my life that I've had an operation and it's helped because I know so many girls that it doesn't help. So yeah, that's all I'll, I'll say to you. Support your gals. Um, if you've got any questions, please just let me know. Obviously, as I said, I'm not a doctor. So um, I probably, there's only so much that I can tell you, but if you ever want to talk about it, you want to reach out about it, then DMs are always open, girls. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, we'll be back soon with another episode. And, yeah, hope you enjoyed.